Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. Today, we're talking with Josh Costa. Josh is the owner of Sleepwell Recycling. Sleepwell recycles mattresses. You'll find them on the top of Intervale Avenue. Josh Costa, it's awesome to have you with us on the Net Zero Energy Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, great theme song. Huge fan of that. It really <laughs> makes, uh, I was listening to it last night, and it, just a nice warm welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Glad you like it. That's all Adam's magic. <laughs> I have nothing out. to do with that. So Josh, I had the privilege of meeting you recently up at Champlain College. We were both tabling. I was tabling for BED, you for Sleep Well Recycling at the Sustainability Fair. And we, we, I, I was so curious about your business. Tell us about Sleepwell Recycling. Yeah, so Sleepwell Recycling is Vermont's only mattress and box spring recycling facility. So pretty much all that means is we take apart mattresses and box springs and recycle the contents. So from the foam to the topper to the wood and to the metal of the mattresses and box springs, we're able to divert all of those items from the landfill, saving valuable space in Vermont's only landfill, which um, we're one of the few states in the country that I I think we're the only one that only has one landfill. So to me, and starting this business, um, the idea was to divert the volume, the bulkiness of these items from our one landfill, saving us space. Um, after all, the landfill was extended in 2019, and solid waste entities have been trying to get new landfills in the state for about 30 years to no avail. So to me, I thought a huge impact in our solid waste ecosystem here in Vermont would be a great impact would be diverting the volume of these items. Yes. So of course, you come to mattress recycling with a personal history and love of waste. Mm -hmm. I love this stuff. So I was really excited to talk to you. So well, tell us about your history and how it's led to sleep well. Um, My mom will always tell everyone that when I was two or three, what I wanted to be when I grew up was a garbage man. And I've been living (laughs) the dream uh, uh, (laughs) since I could work. Uh, My first job, uh, other than being a, um, a party clown, which... No, I don't do anymore. But other than that, that was self-employed. That was doesn't count. Um, my first job was recycling precious metals um, down in Hudson and Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, recycling, my first summer, we recycled 700,000 cable boxes from one county's Comcast district in upstate New York. And that opened my eyes to the extent of waste. So they switch out the the cable boxes every five years whenever they feel so inclined. And the company I was working for bought them for one penny um, per unit. And I spent all summer with eight different people taking apart these cable boxes and sorting every piece of it um, from the steel to the motherboard inside to the chips and all the stuff. And they grind it down and the end product is precious metals. And so that really opened my, my eyes to the scale and what the actual, how big the problem really is. Um, and that was just cable boxes. And I couldn't imagine 700,000, imagine the whole country, how many cable boxes get switched out every year. And not all of them get to go to this recycling facility. A lot of them probably just get thrown out. So that kind of started me on a mission of, of um, finding weird streams of uh, things being discarded that have a lot of value. And um, so from there, I went to college at Champlain, and through college, I was working at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and that was, at the time, my dream job. I was like a rogue cowboy going across <laughs> Vermont to these people's houses, going through their basement, cleaning it all out, finding all these little knickknacks and treasures. And, and of course, um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, they focus on diversion as well. So if you give them some 
good stuff, they'll try to donate it or recycle it or find a, the right way to get rid of it. So that really also um, uh, met my core values as far as when it comes to solid waste. And there's a lot of things you can do with it. A lot of people need maybe just that piece of plywood that's about to be th- thrown out. Someone else might want that. Right. So so then you went to CSWD, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. So I graduated college and traveled for a while and then uh, came back to Vermont um, and started at CSWD doing hazardous waste. I was there for about three years um, during COVID. And while I was there, we got out of work every day at three o'clock and I had no social life because it was COVID. And so I started this little business, recycling mattresses, uh, rented a warehouse. And my brother, who was in COVID college, so he was online, I said, hey, you want to come start a business with me and do your classes from the warehouse? And he gladly did that. But um, so the hazardous waste was really an, another eye-opener for me. Um, so Vermont is one of the few states in the country that have a household hazardous waste program that is free for residents. When I look at the whole overarching idea of solid waste, I find these items that have a lot bigger uh, problem in the whole thing than, than really what we might focus on, which would be plastics in our blue bin. You know, I'm more concerned about things that really are hurting our um, environment and solid waste system like those chemicals or air conditioners with Freon or TVs with mercury and all this other stuff um, that is so essential for us to focus on getting rid of the right way. So how long had you been thinking about mattresses? Obviously, you've been thinking about waste for a long time. When did you get the mattress spark? Yeah, so mattresses, when I was at Got Junk, the transfer stations we'd bring them to, Casellas and all that place, they charge bulk for bulky items because of the space they take up in their trucks to go to Coventry Landfill. And in the Coventry Landfill, they charge $20 to $40 to throw away a bulky item. And so I was tired of paying 20 bucks per item. So I started to rip them up and throw the metal with the metal and put the rest of the trash of the mattress like the foam in a bag and throwing it away and they wouldn't charge me the bulky item because I got rid of the bulk um, by recycling the metal. And so I was saving so much money from doing this, I started to look, hey, is there an avenue to sell this foam and to sell these toppers and make money off of the refuse? And surely there was a market for used textiles and toppers. They get turned into carpet underlay in most cases. Once I found that, I said, well, we could charge the same price that it costs to throw it in the landfill, except we would recycle it. And what Vermont business wouldn't go for that deal. Hey, we'll charge you the same amount it costs to throw it away, but we'll recycle it. So it was really uh, easy to usurp all of the mattress business here in uh, Chittenden County, at least right off the get-go, just because we met the same price to throw it away. You're conveniently located right near the McNeil Generating Plant. We've had a conversation about that. Tell us what role McNeil plays in your your business model. I don't know how we stumbled upon the most ideal location of all time for our business, but we, we did. I was riding around on my scooter one summer day looking for a warehouse and I saw um, one of the uh, workers at Charlie Boys putting up a four lease sign in the window and I said, can I have it? And that was it. But McNeil's is right down the road from our uh, facility, and so we get so much wood from the box springs. Um, So we knock the metal off of the box springs, and we're able to bring the clean wood of the box springs down to McNeil's to be burnt for energy, which is a great service for people to get rid of their leaf and yard waste. It's Once again, it's like the hazardous waste. It's a really great service to have, and we're so lucky to have it right up the hill from us. I just wish you guys would let us come through the back door or something. 
so we didn't have to go down the hill. Maybe we could just roll it down the hill or something would be the only thing else I would ask of you guys. Okay. <laughs> we'll look into that. Okay, I'm not sure you. about other entries there is, but <laughs> essentially you're getting rid of everything. You're either selling it or you're giving it away or you're burning it. What- yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's a, a bunch of items that we can't do anything with um, inside of mattresses and box springs, but uh, we're usually able to divert about 75 to 100% of the materials are, are recyclable or able to be diverted. So we do end up with some trash at the end of ripping 80 mattresses, but it's as far as volume goes, it, you know, 80 mattresses in this room wouldn't fit, but we could throw, have the amount of trash we throw out fit under this table. Wow. So talk about volume. So you, you mentioned Champlain yeah. College when we were when we were right. talking pre pre recording. Yeah. What kind of relationships do you have with places like Champlain College? Yeah. So we get mattresses from a whole number of different businesses and and obviously residential uh, folks as well, but hotels, motels, universities, uh, colleges, uh, nonprofit organizations like Champlain Housing Trust are huge for us because they just buy hotels, clean them out, and then they put um, people in there. So that's a huge um, client for us. Uh, Champlain, uh, my alma mater, we've been working with them since the get-go. And so they'll bring down 200 mattresses or have us pick up 200 mattresses. And when you look at 200 mattresses, it is incredibly huge uh, amount of stuff. And so when people think of that just going into the landfill, doesn't quite make sense when you see the end product that 90% of this space is going to be saved. For me, that's the, that's the impact of this business is uh, the volume saving from our landfill. Who you use as a model? Are there other states that have businesses like Sleepwell? And like, who do you go to for yeah. support and guidance? Or maybe yeah. you are the guide. Well, so California has been recycling mattresses for about 20 years because they care a lot about their space. They're so packed in there with people that they can't just open up landfills willy-nilly, taking up all this expensive space and uh, Beverly Hills. They're not going to open up a landfill. So they really thought about saving their landfill space. So they put into legislature about 20 years ago that every time someone buys a mattress, $10 of that purchase goes to the recycling or the end of life of that mattress. And so they've got these huge facilities facilities with outrageous machines that cost millions of dollars that shred up the mattresses and then a magnet takes out the metal and they sort what they can of the foam. They recycle about 55% of the mattresses where uh, we do it by hand and we're getting much more recycling from doing it like that. And we don't really have the population to warrant those type of machines. So what we're doing is trying to create a template for smaller intermediate markets that wouldn't have the ability to put all that money into mattress recycling infrastructure. So I really don't have um, anyone to look towards, really. We're kind of one of the few ones that do it like this. And I always dreamt of doing it like this because I'm really big into giving people jobs, especially people that need jobs. So we focus on uh, new American hiring, um, formerly incarcerated folks, people that need a job to get started. And this is a very manual labor business. And so it's not for everybody. And we find people that really like doing this type of work and we keep them as long as we can. And um, it's been really... Uh, the most rewarding part of this job for me is working with the people that we get to work with. So, you know, we talked a little bit about how Sleepwell got to where it is. How do you see it evolving in terms of the volume that you can handle and maybe just waste diversion in the state? Or Is there anything that we're missing that we should be focused on? Yeah, I mean, I 
and always keeping my eyes open for new opportunities to recycle things. One thing I'm really interested in is the recycling of lithium batteries. Prius batteries cost over $2,000 to get rid of an old Prius battery. They just get incinerated. And so I feel that there's gonna be and there's got to be more lithium battery recycling facilities in our state. I think the Philippines do about 90% of lithium battery recycling in the world. So I think there needs to be more of those as we're going into more EV type um, stuff. But as far as the the future of sleep, well, um, we're expanding to Portland, Maine, which is really exciting. They're another uh, market where they charge a lot to throw it in the landfill. And so we think that we could save them a ton of space in their landfills and recycle um, just like we did here. The way we set up this business, it's not um, a huge undertaking to start another one just because of um, our lack of machinery that we use and the rinky-dink nature of how we figure things out. Well, thanks a lot, Josh. It's My pleasure. really great to have thanks you. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at burlingtonelectric.com or call us at 802-865-7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to Net Zero Energy. Thank you.